0: Welcome to another episode of the Yoga and Body Image Coalition podcast. Our guest today is Dana Smith, who is a certified yoga teacher and trainer, master life coach, and holistic health practitioner. Considered a Jane of all holistic trades, she specializes in Thai yoga massage, Reiki, and is a gifted intuitive counselor. She's practiced yoga for over a decade and created Spiritual Essence Yoga in 2003 as a way to share her love and yoga with her family and friends. Initially skeptical about yoga herself, Dana knew the common misconceptions and myths surrounding yoga. She's released her first book, Yes, Yoga Has Curves, in 2014. And you can learn more about her work at uh, www.spiritualessenceyoga.com. Welcome, Dana. So nice to chat with you.
1: So great to be here, Beth.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when we were preparing for this podcast, we were chatting a little bit about the challenges people face when they're trying to develop a home practice, right? So many of us know that once a week going to a yoga studio um, is great, but it would be nice if we can sustain that practice throughout our week at home. But, but if we're not yoga teachers, many of us don't even know where to start. Um, right. But you're so good at that. Do you want to offer our listeners some uh, some tips for how to get started and how to maintain it?
1: Yes, yes. And you know, we're at the top of the new year and everyone wants to do something to improve their health and yoga is um, on everybody's to do list. So I'm very excited about this conversation today. The first thing when you're developing a home practice is to carve out time because if we don't carve out time, time will get away from us and it'll be the next day and we're thinking about it again and again and again. So identify if you're a morning person, if you like to, you know, do practice in the middle of the day, or if you like, if you would like your practice to be something you do just to get you comfortable and ready for sleep. So first things first, identify when you're going to practice. The second thing is is how long do you want to practice? Now, you know, we go to a studio class, it's an hour, 90 minutes. We float away feeling great, but the thought of adding another hour or 90 minutes to our already busy schedule might be, you know, it might be limiting for some people. You know, They may not be able to carve out an hour or 90 minutes. Any amount of time you do yoga is great. My suggestion to those starting out is 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes of your lunch break, 20 minutes before you go to bed, 20 minutes will do. And then as you start to get um, into a rhythm with it, you can think about increasing the time. Another thing people think, you know, we go to classes and uh, a lot of people love the flow class. They love the lead classes and they have their, um, you know, the set structure. You can identify a handful of poses that you like. Downward Facing Dog. You can do the Sun Salutation. You don't have to be a yoga teacher to create a, a yoga practice for yourself, and you'd be surprised what you remember. So just get down on the mat and start to stretch. You know, see what your body needs. If you had a a long day sitting in a chair, do some standing poses to bring energy to your leg, or some forward folds. Just Just be very creative with it. I mean, you don't have to have a a teacher training certificate. You can get, there's a lot of resources online. Diane Bondi has a great online presence, Yoga Stea. YouTube has a lot of great videos. So just check those out and start to figure out what your body needs. So it's not about being fancy. It's just about taking the time, at least 20 minutes a day, and just giving your body what you need.
0: Those are really helpful concrete chips. I'm writing them down (laughs) for me. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm thinking about what our listeners might be thinking or saying, and I'll just throw a few of those ideas out and see what you might say about them, okay? So um, let's say our listeners are sitting there thinking, well, that sounds great. 20 minutes. I can totally do that. Um, And then life gets in the way and the kids are sick or um, dinner isn't made or the house is messy and the in-laws are coming over or... You know work gets crazy and suddenly you're like 20 minutes is way too much right how do you how do you prioritize the me time what do you, what is it you know you use in your own life to say you know what this is important
1: the way i prioritize my me time is i look at my life as a totem pole for me it's god first then me second then everything else i do if i don't take care of myself Whatever I'm doing, it's not going to be taken care of. So I am a giver, I'm a nurturer, and I have to say, well, in order for me to do and to give, I have to take care of myself. So life does get crazy. Life gets hectic, but there's always time. We have to get out of our beds and go to the bathroom and brush our teeth. In between that time, even if it's just five minutes of yoga, do something, do something.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. I think um, that I I uh, try to prioritize that in my own life too. The sense that um, that taking care of me is the only way to do everything else well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially for women in this in U.S. culture, that's a hard message to to learn um, because we're so encouraged to take care of others first, um, yeah. and we live in such a fast-paced life that um, the the sense of you know what? It's important to slow down so you can really show up with everything else. Yes. Important message to learn.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think what, what a lot of people don't know. I mean, we talked about yoga asana, but yoga is not just about getting on the mat. There's other um, aspects of yoga. So there's pranayama, breathing. And we breathe every day and we can breathe everywhere. So just taking time and Breathing intentionally, meaning I'm taking this moment to breathe deeply, to reset, to refocus, to realign with what I'm doing. That's taking a moment for yourself. So if you know rolling out a yoga mat seems daunting for some people, if it's a little hard to carve out 20 minutes, start by just breathing or meditating. Meditating can be anything that you put your focus to. Meditation is to essentially... Train the mind to be still. So, if there's while you're brushing your teeth, you can meditate on happiness. You can meditate on joy. Just taking moments to um, recharge your life. We have to recharge our life. I mean, we are busy, but if the battery is not charged, the battery is going to fade away. It's going to die. Mm-hmm. So, we have to make ourselves a priority.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been known to do Jai breathing and stressful department meetings. Yeah. Nobody knows you're doing it.
1: Nobody knows. <laughs> it's free, it's easy, do it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Or while waiting in line at the grocery store, right? Yeah. Meditate then. I mean yes. if that's what it takes, right? If that's what it takes, yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned some great online tools, and uh, I've also uh, referred people in my life who want to know more about yoga to uh, not only local studios, but online if they're not able to get to those studios. And I'm wondering, there's such a plethora of stuff out there. How do you uh, how do you help your uh, people find what's right for them and sort of. Um, weed through, you know, there are people out there who really are gifted teachers and there are people who don't necessarily know about the right safety things or there's such a range of types of practice that if you're unfamiliar with yoga, you might not know what, what might be best for you. What kinds of guidance would you give our listeners?
1: Well, I would tell my listeners, our listeners to try to get to a studio. So there are so many different styles out there. There's so many different styles. So you really need to identify what style works for you. And then once you identify the style, when you're going online and researching teachers, don't just jump into doing the practice. Sit down and observe it. Listen to what the teacher is saying. So if anyone is instructing yoga online, they need to be very detailed and listen for options. You know, with this whole um, in social Instagram movement, they have... Yoga pose challenges, and sometimes people will just put up a pose and say, "Everyone do it," and they don't give the steps. Mm-hmm. They don't give the steps, and they don't give modifications. And they don't get option. Give options mm-hmm. for different abilities. So when you are researching um, a teacher online, sit down and listen to how they are mm-hmm. instructing. You want them to be very detailed, and you want them to give options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Um- and I think in my sense, anyway, in my experience and the experience of people I know who've um, explored different types of yoga, you feel it when you find the right one,
1: right? You, you feel, do. You feel you do.
0: which ones don't quite resonate with you and you feel the ones that feel like you're coming home, right? And yes. so if you learn to listen to that, um, that can help you recharge in so many different ways.
1: Yes, yes. You know, our teaching yoga is such is is such a beautiful connected experience Mm -hmm. and you want to be connected to your teacher you want to feel good you want to feel safe you want to feel comfortable absolutely
0: absolutely and if you don't then that's maybe not the right fit for you
1: yes so it may take a lot of research so I just want to let everyone know listening you may have to spend a lot of time researching you know the right teacher for you but it's worth it Mm -hmm. it's worth it Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for me, uh, over the years,
0: I have learned to uh, become much more skillful at listening to what I need from a day-to-day basis, right? Yes. One day I might want a somewhat challenging asana practice where I sort of push my edge and learn a new arm balance. And then right now I'm so busy that honestly it's yoga nidra and a lot of yin yoga. (laughs) That's what I need right now.
1: yes um
0: so you said one of your tips was really to learn to listen to what you need and do you have any tips for our listeners as to how to do that because so many of us don't live in a um, regular uh relationship with listening to our bodies
1: so one way that we can listen to our bodies is start to move Mm. start to move start to stretch your body in all possible directions and wherever you meet resistance, mm. that needs attention. And it's funny, um, a lot of people say, well, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't need to be, you know, addressed. That's not true. So two of the main places that us busy folks tend to hold a lot of stress and tension is the hips mm-hmm. and the shoulders. So I always say, all right, just get around, move your body, um, And I give my students a lot of shoulder openers and hip openers. And I'm telling you, the first time you get really deeply into those shoulders, you go, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is something here. So to learn to listen to your body, start to move it. So take about five minutes in the morning because that's the time, you know, our body is really saying something. (laughs) Not warmed up. So take some time. Move your head side to side, forward and back. Move your shoulders, cross your arms. See if you can reach back and grab the... So you cross your arms over your chest. See if you can bring your fingertips around your scapula on your back. Do that, you know, crossing the arms over in each... So right on top and then left on top. Then see if you can lift the legs up. Fold forward. Just different things. Move your body and see if there's any resistance. And when I say resistance, meaning you have a stopping point that's before where you think you should be. So, oh, I could touch my toes. Oh, well, I could touch my shins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That, and learning it to listen to that is an important tool of yoga, I think. Yes. Um, and that it, that's a moving target for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Every day it's a little bit different.
1: And, and just like you said, um, we know our body needs something different on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And it, it really depends on what you have going on on your schedule. So if you have been running all around the office, moving boxes, very physically active at work, Mm -hmm. the last thing that's gonna bring you to the mat is the thought of like an Ashtanga or a rigorous flow. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing you're gonna wanna crawl on your mat and do for some. So you balance out with a yin practice, you balance out with a pranayama breathing practice or even a meditation. Mm -hmm. But you have to stay connected to your body. And sometimes I just ask my body, okay, what do you need? <laughs> what do you need?
0: Mhm, mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, it's my heart screaming, this is what you need, even yes. more than my body. Oh, yes. 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 So, okay, so let's say our listeners have followed all your tips and they've um, established this really great practice. It's January, it's going really well, and then mid-February, it starts to taper off, and then they miss a couple weeks, and then it's like, oh, well, I, don't, I can't really get myself back into it. I mean, how do we maintain once we start?
1: Again, making ourselves a priority. Mm-hmm. And creating a specific time of day that you do your yoga. Mm-hmm. Consistency is easier when you have a plan. Mm-hmm. So we don't just fall off the wagon. We don't just all of a sudden wake up and we're not doing the things that bring us joy and bring us balance and health. You know, that's, it's a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. So when you realize, oh, I didn't do yoga yesterday. Well, do I have five minutes right now to do some stretching and mm-hmm. some breathing? Mm-hmm. And then you get back on. So don't just allow yourself to continue to make excuses, say, all right, just like I would schedule time with a client or a meeting, Mm -hmm. I'm going to schedule this time with myself because I'm worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for me, uh, I've never been one that can really get myself to exercise quote unquote. That's not the, um, that's not ever the motivation that gets me to do something. What gets me to to show up on my mat is because I know I need the nurturing time and I know how I will feel afterwards. That sort of sense of wholeness that I just long for, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that that brings me to my mat.
1: And that's the beauty of yoga. It's not about exercising Mm -hmm. it's not about um what you look like it's about what you feel like Mm -hmm. and what happens to your body practicing yoga that's just a a benefit of you taking time for yourself the focus should come from you wanting to take care of yourself and yoga being a practice that is so broad that Mm -hmm. there's so many options for you to take care of yourself
0: Mm -hmm. yes so many different um tools, programs, practices that we can Mm -hmm. use and become really skillful at using the ones we need at the right moment, both on Mm -hmm. and off the mat, really.
1: Exactly. And yoga should be part of your life on and off the mat. Mm -hmm. What you're, you know, how you're operating on the mat is representing how you're operating off the mat. So how you're dealing with stress and challenge, because stress and challenge comes up on the mat, that's how you're dealing with it in your life Mm -hmm. outside. Are you avoiding it? Are you pushing too fast through it? Or are you taking the time, assessing where you are, accepting where you are and breathing through it and opening to it and moving through it? Mm-hmm. So it represents our life and that it's, just, it's a great tool. I'm a gym dropout. <laughs> I <laughs> drop out the gym every four months because it's a disconnect for me. Mm-hmm. It's a disconnect, but yoga helps me to plug back into me. Helps mm. me to plug back into me.
0: Mm-hmm. What um, What was your path to finding yoga?
1: Wow. And it's so very interesting. Um, my daughter's going to be 13 mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow, actually. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. I- Yay. I was pregnant and um, 9-11 happened. I'm from New York and I lost a good friend in the oh, tragedy. I'm so sorry. And I was um, about seven months pregnant and I was... I was stressed, I was sad, I was angry. My, my family still lived in New York, so it was so many things running through me. Mm-hmm. My blood pressure elevated, and I knew that this was not safe for my baby. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know what to do. I said, I can't do any of the other things I would do for stress because it's not appropriate being pregnant. Mm-hmm. So a friend suggested yoga, and I was very resistant to it because you know, what I had seen of yoga did not look like me. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant, and even if I wasn't pregnant, I thought that I was too big to do yoga. I thought that um, I was too inflexible. I just I didn't see anything that represented me, and I didn't think that I can do it. Mm-hmm. But she kept my coworker kept encouraging me, and she gave me two great tapes, Yoga A.M. P.M. Um, and I sat down. And I just looked at it. I did a lot of the breathing. I did whatever stretches I could, and I was amazed that I felt good. You know, there was still that emotional thing, the emotional stuff going on. But I felt good, and it was so strange. I said, how can, you know, me breathing and stretching make me feel so good? Mm -hmm. So after I gave birth to my daughter, um, I started going to studios. And then I wanted my family to come with me. And I wanted my friends to come with me and experience this great thing. But they gave me all the excuses that I gave my um, coworker. I don't see anything that looks like me. I'm too fat. I can't bend if you teach it, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started to, te- to get trained because I wanted my friends and family to feel this sense of freedom, to feel this sense of just happiness that had nothing to do with anything on the outside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And what do you, um, what do you do at, um, uh in your own classes that maybe uh, aren't so commonly found in in some other classes? What made your friends and family, for instance, want to practice with you besides the fact that they know you? And what is it that you do differently or that you intentionally try to do in your classes?
1: What I intentionally do is, first and foremost, have them accept where they are Mm -hmm. and tell them that I am just a guide on this journey that is their personal journey I want them to ride their edge. So I, I teach a very challenging class, but I do so in a way that I'm we well, just do it. I tell them, I do a lot of inspiration, a lot of readings, and I ask them to, to go deeper within. When you feel that first initial feeling, oh, gosh, I want to get out of this pose, breathe and go deeper in the pose. Mm-hmm. The second time that feeling comes up, release it a little bit. But keep breathing. The third time that your mind says, Oh my gosh, get out of this, then you come out. But you come out with a sense knowing that you've gone as deeply as you could in that pose, in that moment. And I I give them this. I give my class homework. So we work on a pose each month as a studio. I said, Explore this, explore it in different areas, explore it. So I'm sorry my little son came in. (laughs) Okay. Go out. Mommy's recording. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I didn't even hear. Hi.
1: <laughs> and that's life, too. Yes. But, yes. Um, and I'm a life coach, so I take a lot of what I work with my clients seated face to face. I infuse that into my teaching because I know that the ego is very loud mm-hmm. and the ego likes to discourage us. So I just bring to their attention what the ego is and how the ego can take away from the beauty of any moment. And it's, it's it's great because you see someone that drags herself to their mat from work and they force through the first part of practice, like, oh gosh, I should have just gone home. But then something shifts, the energy shifts. And when they leave, they feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And that's what I give my students. I want them to feel empowered. And I, want, I don't want them to associate it with me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want them to associate it with me. I want them to understand that they showed up and that again, I was just their tour guide. Hmm.
0: That's really beautiful. I wish we were in the same city. I want to take a class from you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Well, we are approaching the end of our time. So um, before we leave and I give you a chance to leave some final words, do you want to say anything about your new book?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yoga has curves. It's so wonderful. I just got back from a um, book signing in Charlotte, North Carolina. The book is to show the diversity that is yoga. The book is to highlight women of all shapes and sizes. And one thing that I'm needing to clarify, I find, is that I have to teach people that curves is not a size. Mm. For this book project, curves is the softness of our spirit. It's the softness of our heart. It's what makes us feminine. You can be a size zero or a size 20. We all have curves and we should all celebrate our bodies. And the true body is that which you cannot see it's your heart. Mm. That is where we live from our heart.
0: That yep. is really beautiful. Really beautiful. I will be working on living from my heart for the next week. You've just inspired my week's mantra.
1: Awesome.
0: (laughs) Do you have any final words as we wrap up that you'd like to leave with our listeners as they try to move into starting and maintaining their own practice?
1: Yes. Just start knowing that this will change your life. Any amount of yoga that you do on a daily basis will change your life for the better be it five minutes or an hour, just do it. Enjoy it and do it.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Dana Smith.
1: Thank you, Beth. It was great speaking with you.
0: It was beautiful speaking with you, and I look forward to working with you more through the Yoga and Body Image Coalition.
1: Yes, yes. I'm so honored to be part of this coalition. Me too. Me
0: too. So we've been speaking with Dana Smith, who is a certified yoga teacher and trainer, a master life coach, and a holistic health practitioner. You can learn more about her work at www.spiritualessenceyoga.com and you can also check out her book, Yes, Yoga Has Curves. Thank you for joining us.